Welcome to the Worship Leader Problems Podcast with your host, Jeremy, and codename Joel. Look, worship ministry can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Well, welcome to episode four of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Sitting here in the studio, you've got me, Jeremy, and Mr. Worship Leader Probs himself. What's up, Mr. Probs? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Can, can you believe we're on episode four? I cannot. Dude, I can't. Believe, I, mean, episode- I cannot believe it. It's it's a, first of all, it's a blast to do this, and so fun. Yeah, and people are listening to it, which is unbelievable which to is me. Insane, which has got us feeling all like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, episode four is here, and guys, listeners, worship leader, probs nation, we are so excited about this one. This is the one we've been telling you about. With our our new friend, can I? Do you think we could say new friend at this point? I think we can say like new bro, new bro, Chris McClarney. It's been so fun. He he's been texting us after after the show, and we went up and, and did this interview. And like he'll send us videos for us to meme and things like that. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with friend. We're friends. Now. I think so, so man. Chris, he's the third. So Chris, musketeer. if you're listening, yeah, he really he's the unofficial third. Musketeer. He is. He's such a good dude, man, and so funny, and yet. There are going to be some moments in this interview that are going to make you sit back in your seat and go, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It's so, so good. And so, um, so basically, guys, here's a little bit of like what we, what our goal is just for the podcast portion of the Worship Leader Probs Enterprise. And our, and our goal is as you're listening, we want to entertain you. We want to equip you and we want to encourage you because that's, that's what it's all about. Um, the podcast kind of came from um, uh, Mr. Worship Leader Problems himself getting these DMs and these questions. And he was just like, man, there's got a way for me to engage. And, and, and so he'd been trying super hard on the Instagram stuff. And now we're starting this podcast and it's really, uh, it's been really cool. And so Mr. Probs, what, I mean, tell them a little bit more about how this thing got started and, and why we do what we do. Yeah. So, you know, I'm walking through the church a couple of years ago. Somebody does something or says something and it set, it didn't set me off, but it, I was like, are you kidding me, man? So I was like, I need a place yeah. to vent. I started the Instagram account, started making memes just about the life of a worship leader. You know, you can't make this stuff up. The things people say, the things people do, the things people write on Facebook, whatever. So I started started making memes and nobody noticed for a while. And then all of a sudden people did notice and, and, uh, and here, here we are, you know, uh, over 26,000 followers on Instagram, which is just unbelievable to me. Crazy. Right. And then that people actually, we're, we are people that no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> people are, are, are DMing us these questions and, you know, their heartfelt stuff that they're dealing with in their ministry, which is, this is not what I expected, but it is so incredibly rewarding. And oh, so fun. Yeah, it is, man. And I hope, I really, I hope like when you said three E's, you know, uh, entertain, equip and encourage. I, I hope, I hope that worship leader probs, while it may make you laugh, I hope that's the thing that you think of when you think you're dealing with something in your ministry and you're not sure where to go. You're not sure where to turn. You're not sure what to do. Um, I hope that we are the 
guys that you think of. That's really, Absolutely. that's my heart's desire. And, um, and we're also going to have a lot of fun along the way. So, Oh, heck yeah. Cause that's, that's how we, roll. Yes. um, okay. But listeners, we need your help. If you're listening to this podcast right now, we need you to surprise, su- uh, surprise us. I mean, you could surprise, surprise us, that's cool. us yeah. but yeah, but we need you to subscribe to the podcast, yeah. whether it's on Google play, whether it's an iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn radio, could you please subscribe? Could you like it? Could you rate us five stars? And if you want to leave us some kind words, we'd love that. Absolutely. And actually, if you want to leave us bad words, it might make us giggle because we don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that so, really, that's, that is something that drives a lot. So man, those five-star ratings do a, really a lot for us. And so yep. um, it's not just an ego thing. It, it, yep. help, it helps the podcast. It helps more people. And and tell your friends. Tell your friends. Shoot them a link. Um, tell them That's they right. need to follow on on uh, on IG and uh, and they need to subscribe as well. That's right. And, and Mr. Worship Leader Problems, tell them what happens if we get to fifty thousand followers on Insta. Right. Okay. So this is the fourth episode in a row that I've made this commitment. So. One of the questions I've gotten from the very beginning is, who are you? Why will you not tell us who you are or what church do you serve at? All that stuff. Well, here's the deal. Like up to this point, being anonymous has given me a certain ability to be honest about things. And I think I've come to the point where I understand I can still be honest if you know who I am. So I'm not going to do it today. But if you will help us get to 50,000 followers on Instagram. Um, I'll tell you who I am. I'll reveal, I'll reveal who I am and I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. We are at 26.1. So that's, that's a lot of people, man. And we are grateful for every single one of you. Um, But help us get to 50, help us get to get to 50 K and I'll tell you who I am. And uh, may, you know, we may, Take this on the road. Who knows, man? Let's go. Let's go. True or false? Are you Tom Cruise from the Church of Scientology? (laughs) False. And here's the deal. I am not Tom Cruise. But as I've said often on this podcast, I would trade him checkbooks like that. (laughs) That's funny. Well, hey, um. So I think it's quickly becoming our most favorite portion of the podcast. Um, we would like to right now recognize our MVPs. Right. This is, this, is my this is my favorite thing that we do, and I love all of it, by the way. But, okay, so we're recognizing a volunteer and a staff member, and, and we need you to nominate other volunteers and other staff members, info at worshipleaderprobs.com. Email us yep. a picture and why they're awesome, why, why they they make such an impact on your team. So our volunteer this well, week. Uh, did you say we need their picture too? Yeah, we need their picture. Oh yeah, we need yep. their picture. So their picture, what church they serve at, and why you're not Why they're awesome. And, and you know, if you want to throw in their Instagram uh, account name that would help too we can tag them uh when we when we post the graphic but our volunteer mvp is john roberts and john uh serves at the rock church in Asheville, north carolina he was nominated by justin clark and get get this okay so john roberts he leads the audio team recruits and trains all of their audio volunteers 
He is also himself a volunteer for audio. He, he does installs and scheduling, and he also plays guitar on the team. Wow. Like, I want John Roberts to move to my city and serve on my team. I, I We need a guy oh. like that. So, John, keep it going, brother. Dude, dude, I feel it because that is me. I do all of that, and I play guitar. Whoa. So, are, we're... Hey, Jer, it, are, are yeah. you John Roberts? False. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we might be spirit animals. <laughs> there you go. John Roberts, man. Yeah. We need to meet him. Okay, so our Absolutely. staff... Our staff in MVP is Bain Holbert and his wife, Savannah. Bain and Savannah Holbert. They are on staff at, or at least Bain is, on staff at River Point Church in Richmond, Texas. Now, they were nominated by Daniel Allen. Uh, Bain plays guitar. He's a music director for the youth group. He, I think he's on staff uh, doing database management at RPC. His wife, Savannah, is a worship leader at RPC as well. I don't know if she's a staff worship leader or a volunteer worship leader, but um, man, when you've got a, a dynamic couple like that, uh, investing in people and serving yes. in the church, making a difference. So to the Holberts, we salute you. We salute you. Yes, we do. Way to go. Keep it what going, is that man. from? That's from a movie. We salute you. We salute you. What is... <laughs> I just... I don't know why. I just keep picturing Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show, but I know that's not right. I wish the listeners could see you do that. Salute you. Yeah. Man. It's, it's I, I moving. It's captivating. I, I, dang it. <laughs> that's going to bother me all day. Do you get like that? Do you like get like an earworm or oh get my, something in your mind? Yes. And with for me, it's almost always lines from movies or TV shows. Yeah. So, Mr. Probs, yeah. guess what time it is? What time is it, Jer? It's time for Prayer Concerns. Prayer Concerns. Oh, man. These these have been pretty good so far, dude. Like, and so, okay, so we'll just share. I know you're, some of you who have listened, you know, kind of understand this section. But in this segment, this is what we're doing. We, we want you guys to send us the best complaints, the best things that people have shared with you from the prayer section of your comment cards. Like it always makes us laugh. Like you've got this connection card and all you're wanting to do is like the heart behind that card is, I mean, we just want to get your information so we can follow up and love on you. And we'd love to hear your story and how can we be praying for you? And it's always the best place that people can put. It's too loud or why are we doing this exactly. or doing that they, they they miss out on the whole heart behind it <laughs> just to get their agenda in there and so um mr probs what do you got this week okay so um this is uh one i'm, I'm just this is an experience that um was sent in to us um okay so a few years ago uh i think it was hillsong worship recorded okay. recorded a song called calvary Okay, great, great yeah. song. Our church even loves it. The chorus is, Calvary covers it all. My sin and shame don't count anymore. I'll praise to the one who has ransomed my soul. Calvary covers it all. Okay. An email was sent by a member of this, of this particular church, and she says, I just thought you should know that whenever you do this song, my kids leave confused because all they think about are horses. So I'm going to give you a moment. The reply was written. 
I, th- okay. I think you might be con- confusing the word Calvary with the word cavalry. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And the first That's thing you might want to do is explain the difference between Calvary and cavalry. Oh my goodness. Well, it's funny because when you hear people say the word, they say it wrong, don't they? They do. Oh my gosh. How about that? That is, that's fantastic. How about that, right? Horses. Oh my gosh. Horses. Calvary or Calvary? Cavalry. Caval, oh, I can't even say it. Calvary, cavalry. Calvary. Hold on. Cav. Cavalry. I can't even say it. What the crap? It's, I'll have to practice. So for, for years, I couldn't say the word circuitous. I'm going to be, on, so I would be honest practice. I don't even know what that means. Like a circular route, circuitous. I am the dullard of the worship leader problems enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> we just okay, took a dark Calf- turn into Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Calfery? Calfery. Cal- Cal- Calvary. Calvary. And- Calvary. Cavalry. Cavalry. It's hard. It's, it's a tongue twister. Calvary. I, I feel like I'm saying the exact same word. <laughs> so do, so do you, her kids. <laughs> well, that's that's why I push faders and don't sing into a mic, apparently. Oh, my word. That's a pretty rich one. Yeah. Dang it. Now, I'll, I don't even know if I can focus for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> we went down a wormhole. Calvary. Calvary. Cav. Oh. Cal. Cav, so like calf, C-A-V, I'm thinking C-A-V-E-R-Y, Calvary, Calvary. That's that's pretty close, yeah, pretty close. Cavalry? No, Cavalry, C-A-V-A-L-R-Y. Cav- oh, I'm forgetting the L. Cavalry. There it is. Calvary. There it is. There it is. You found it. Cavalry? Calvary. Oh, my god. Can you believe that? I can't. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to finish out here. Um, with one last segment before we get into part one of our interview with Chris McClarney. And this so section is called Move, Let Justice. Oh man, that song. It's so Does good. it get you? It gets me. So, like, here's a little fun fact about one of your hosts here, old old Jeremy. So about two years ago, I hurt my back pretty bad. And uh, seven or eight months ago, I had these like injections in my lower back and did all this. I'm doing all this uh, physical therapy and stuff. And so I get up super early in the morning before anything and I do all my stretches and then I go walk and then I get into my, my devotional time. And almost every morning, the very first song I listen to on my walk, Move, by our friend Chris McClarney. By our boy, C. McClarney. C-Mac. C-Mac. Man, and the Ooh. dude just has soul for days. But let's not, because we asked him that question where it came from, and it's fantastic. Okay, sorry. I thought my wife, my wife was in the room when we had that, and she about came out of her skin. Yeah. But hey, let's let's get into to our final segment before getting into our interview with Chris McClarney, and that's sliding into DMs. So last week, um, we talked about the audition process uh, and what it looks like in uh, Mr. Prob's church and what it looks like in my church. And so another question we get a lot in the DMs is, um, what's your process for introducing new songs to the congregation? And so I thought maybe, Mr. Probs, you could kind of maybe share first 
what you do at your church, and then I could maybe share uh, our process for for doing new songs at our church. Yeah, so I I would say. First of all, anytime these things come up, I am not like the authority on how to do any of this. I'll just tell you how I do it. And I've, I have, uh, most of what I do, I, I've been doing it 20 plus years. So I've just kind of fallen, uh, not fallen, but I've developed processes. Okay. So if that helps. So tell me, I have to ask, I got to stop you right there. Yeah. So you have 26,000 followers and you're not the expert? Well, I mean, I don't, is, is there an expert? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, is this a fake until you make it? <laughs> there you go. Well, here's the deal. Like, I want us to have conversations, and um, you guys might have other steps, other things that you do that that I can learn from too. So let's let's have a dialogue and learn from each other. So here's what I think. I think uh, Christian radio has dramatically changed how we introduce songs to our churches because so much of Christian radio is worship music now. I think it uh, it makes it easier for us uh, to teach new songs because they will have heard it, you know, multiple times by the time they get there. So yeah. what we do, um, we use social media a lot, um, and it's just as simple as I'll go to Facebook and say, "Hey, church, we're going to introduce a new song, you know, this weekend or in the next couple of weekends." Uh, I'll throw some, you know, here's what it means to me, why it's been meaningful to me. I'll throw up some lyrics to the chorus or the bridge or whatever. And then I'll just, you know, find a link on YouTube of, you know, if it's a vertical worship song, yes, I will. Well, I'll put up a video of vertical doing yes, I will. And so that's usually step one. You know, I put it on my page. We throw it on the church page, that kind of stuff. And so depending on the complexity of the song, like I think we talked about this in a previous episode, like the song, So Will I, which is just incredible. Um, We introduced that as as like special music the first time we did it. And we just wanted to see how they responded and people were out there singing, even though we weren't asking them to do that. So I think that's a really good indicator that uh, everything's firing in the, in the right direction. So um, just, it kind of depends on the song, but we, we would always do the social media stuff. Um, Here's, here's something that's coming in the next week or two, give it a listen, you know, um, make sure you're familiar with it, you know, come ready to uh, come ready to worship you know, in the, in the next week or two, that's, that is something that works well for us. Okay. So here's where it starts for us. Um, at our church, I will get a list of what's coming up and I will go and I get those songs and they go into the pre-service playlist. Mm, nice. Yep. We do that too. That's the, a great, that's a great way to to do it. Yeah. And so if you let them play for, so here, here's one of the things that we have adopted here. When something gets big on the radio, we almost rarely will do it right then and there. Like a lot of times it'll be six months before we bring it to our people. And that's just something our, our worship pastor has always done. Um, and so it kind of gives people a little bit of a chance to learn it. And then when we, when we finally do do it in the services, it's not going to feel quite as foreign to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, Again, first place we we get it, and I get that list from him. It goes into pre-service playlist, and it's crazy. Um, there'll be songs that we go to do it, and people are like, "Where have I heard this before?" And I'm like, "You've heard it every weekend for the last three months." You know what I mean? Like, and they just didn't even know Subliminal. that that was happening. Yep. Uh, and then um, 
once it's finally up and it's time when we introduce it to the people, we always do that new song. We'll do it in back-to-back weekends, take a week off, and then bring it back one more time. Love that. Love that. What, what do you guys do? That That is a very similar process to, to what we do. Um, and actually, my the, the do it two weeks in a row thing was a suggestion from my pastor. Really? Which I thought was really awesome and uh, just communicates that he is tuned in with what we're trying to do. He's like, man, I don't want you to feel pressure to do like completely new every week. Um, if you're going to teach us something new, teach it to us a couple of weeks in a row. And um, uh, that's worked really, really well. We also have done a thing where uh, my pastor does lots of series. So, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. We'll pick uh, not every series, but sometimes we'll pick a song that really embodies that series. And we'll do that song every week of the series. Yeah. That's great. That's really good. We did that. Um, we had a, a, a building campaign at the beginning of, of this year. And so our worship pastor's wife wrote a song mm. that went with that whole, I think it was like an eight week, six or eight week deal. And almost every weekend we would either do the whole song or we would tag a song with it. Um, you know, and so, um, it just made it this cool, cohesive thing. And then now anybody, they hear that song, they think back to our 2020 vision campaign. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Music is powerful, man. Obviously we're sitting here, uh, you know, with all these followers on Instagram because of our common, you know, one of the common things that draws us together is worship and music is not the only way to worship, but it's kind of one of the things we're talking about here. Um, it's so powerful, man. Those, those, uh, those things start firing and it, and it reminds people of a a big campaign you did in your church. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy how for me, and and I would imagine if you've been doing this for as long as you have, you'd probably agree with this thought in my times of worship with musical worship are the times I absolutely feel closest to God. Mm. Yeah. There's really something very intimate about it. Um, which is awesome. So, so cool. Yeah. So I got, so I told you guys I'm doing physical therapy for my back. been about six months. I'm doing it three times a week. And so I go to this gym where like a ton of professional athletes will work out in there. And so the, it's actually at the, where the New York Mets do their spring training. Um, my physical therapist in that gym is inside of the stadium uh, in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And um, the guy that owns the whole thing is like, one of the strength and conditioning coaches for the Mets. And so, like I said, always high level at, like I've been on a treadmill, like walking with Giannis Cespedes. Wow. Like that's the kind of place it is. Awesome. And it's super cool. Um, but not too long ago, I had, I had just finished my time uh, with physical therapy. And then after my hour, I have to go do 30 minutes on the treadmill. And so I'm on the treadmill and the song here again from elevation came on. Mm. And I, when it got to, um, uh, the bridge and what is the words like come come holy spirit dry bones awaken and it says not for a moment was i forsaken mm. like mm. with the season that i've gone through at my own church in the last six weeks i'm in the back corner on a treadmill and all of a sudden i realize i have my hands in the air and i'm crying mm. <laughs> That's on a awesome. treadmill that is in awesome. front of the entire new york mets um <laughs> pitching staff that were starting workouts. That's awesome. And also and I was like these people must think I am the weirdest dude on the planet. Man, that it's powerful, man. You get swept away in those moments and and uh it just reminds you, man, how 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 much God loves us. Oof. It does. So good. It does. So good. 
Cool. Well, I hope that helps as you're trying to figure out a good way to um, introduce those new songs into your con. Let me ask you one more question before we go into it, into our interview. How, how, what's your process for finding new songs? That is a great question. So when I started in ministry over 20 years ago, because, it was way easier. Because we know... Because we know you're you're rocking the uh, '70s funk on the way into work, and it's it's not it's not that elevation playlist, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we we have a creative team at our church, which is seven people, um, all on staff. They're not all on the worship staff. Some of them are communications, like our our executive pastors on there, just because he's a creative guy and and uh, really enjoys that. So. We have kind of an open. We have some. We have a volunteer on there as well. So um, they have like free reign to email me titles and artists all the time. And so um, you know, there's there's literally no way one person can be the gatekeeper for all of that for a church these days. I mean, there are so many good songs out there and so many bands uh, writing incredible lyrics that um, I rely on. And so since I've been at it a while, I've got people on the creative team who are way younger than I am. And uh, yeah. almost every time we meet, they bring up an, a band that I've never heard of before, which I think is awesome. Uh, so that's, that's how we, you know, and I, I use all the same stuff everybody else uses, praise charts. I love praise charts. I love their uh, their search feature that you can search by theme. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of my did, thing. Did you ever subscribe to the integrity thing where you'd get the box in the mail and it would be like a bunch of different songs and it would have like the full arrangements of all the, in like a songbook? Are you about to make fun of me? No, because I mean, we were still doing that when I first when I first got on staff. Because yes, at I the did. Church I'm serving. I at. did. I was oh, I was yeah. a part of that for a long time, and I man, I can yeah. remember, I can remember getting the revival at Brownsville CD and book in the mail, and just we've come to praise him. Oh man, that was good <laughs> stuff. Oh, we'd get that in. We'd get so excited. I'd go to the office and have it. And then the worship pastor and I, because I was his assistant, we'd sit down and pop that CD in. Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a really, you know. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, dude, it's time. Let's get into our interview with with Mr. Chris McClarney. Um, Really excited to have this with you guys. And and if you get a chance to see Jesus Culture live, do it. Do it. I mean, everything was so good from obviously what they're doing on stage and the set. I don't know. I, I met Daniel real quick. I, I think his name's Daniel. He's from here in Florida. Whatever he was doing to the drum kit, oh, man. he had some special sauce yes, going did. on, and it it was just it was fantastic. And by the but, way, their drummer hey, is incredible. So good. Hey, hey, Mr. Worship Leader, problems. Yeah. Didn't you make a meme about him once? I, I did. I actually I got the video from Chris McClarney. Let's go. <laughs> so. All right, guys, we hope you enjoy uh, part one of the interview. We are live for Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, my wife and I flew all the way up here to hang out with Mr. Worship Leader Problems and today's guest, Mr. Chris McClarney. What's up, Chris? What is up? Thanks for coming. This is so a long pumped. trip. Well, so it pumped. helps that my wife's family lives like in town. Oh, we don't get to go. see him very often. <laughs> and I get to hang out in person with Mr. Worship Leader Problems. This is only the fourth time we've ever hung out in person. So oh. Wait. Just four times. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It's Our entire text. relationship is over text and FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, dude, so 
what what night of tour is this? Oh gosh, um, I was keeping track on my Instagram. I want to say tonight is eleven. Woo! And how long is this full tour? Uh, so we're away from home for like twenty four days, but it's eighteen wow. uh, dates, okay. eight, eighteen worship nights. Wow! That's yeah, awesome. it's a lot. It's a lot, and you're on. You said night four in of of four in a row. Yes. So that this was the longest. Uh, stretch of shows we had, and this is the fourth one. Wow. But then we get a day off back in Nashville, which is where I'm from tomorrow, um, which will be good. Nice. You get to see nice. the kids. And How many kids do you have? Three. All girls. The oldest is 14, 12, and five. You don't look They're old awesome. enough to have a four. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm old enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, okay, I have a question. Can you explain a little bit, like, so there's Jesus culture, there's yes. Bethel. Yeah. So is, like, Jesus culture the, the tiny baby of Bethel? Like, <laughs> what, what's the full connection and how organizationally does that all work? Um, so Jesus culture started as the youth group uh, at Bethel Church. Okay. And then, um, I guess four years ago now, uh moved off and planted their own church. Not in a bad way, but like uh, an 18-year-old moving out of the house. And gotcha. So they're still connected. Um, like uh, the pastors at Bethel will come down and speak at oh, the church. Cool. So it, it's very much just a like a sending off planting. Um, but G- now Jesus Culture is in Sacramento. Okay. And they have a church. Um, and yeah. That's awesome. So not technically connected, uh as in organizationally anymore, but gotcha. very much relationally. Okay. That's awesome. 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 Yeah. So I got to tell you a quick story. Um, so you wrote your love never fails, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, which one are you thinking? Because there's nothing the, can separate. Oh, even yeah, if yeah. I ran away. Cause there's the other one. <laughs> there is the other one. Yeah. But mine was first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, a, a, a quick story on that song. So do you, do you guys potentially remember back in like the mid to late two thousands, uh, a website called album base. Ooh, so it was like a, a legal sharing site oh, for nice. music, right? And so we would go on there. And at that time in my life, all I did was listen to secular music. And I was really in a screamo phase, which my wife hated. Nice. But yeah, every right. day I would get on there and I would just download more albums and songs. I don't know how, but Your Love Never Fails ended up on my iPod. Nice. And again, so I'm saved at this point, but I do not listen to Christian music at all. But randomly, that song would come up. And it would tear me to pieces because wow. I, I didn't know that Christian music could sound like that. And that, that song, I, and this is no lie. My wife can attest for it. She's actually sitting here w- with us. Um, that song helped me make the transition to, for the last almost 12 years, all I've listened to is worship music. Wow. So I just wanted to tell That's you that, super dude. super cool. Yeah. That, and that, now here we are. Yeah. Look, here, look right? at this. Oh, That's dude. Crazy. Yeah. I work at a church awesome. now and worship's kind of everything that we do. So that's just a quick story. Fun fact from Jeremy. I like that. Very cool. Yeah, dude. That's super cool. It's so weird when you write a song because I wrote that song. Well, two things. When I wrote that song, I didn't like it. I hated How? it. Well, <laughs> I, I wrote it for my church. Okay. And then I had this, I still have a hard time. You can ask the band guys. I don't like to sing my own songs. I just don't like it. I wow. like I hate doing new songs. I like to sing songs that people know. So I feel like the ultimate new song is one that came from my own brain that no one else knows. So I uh, I hated the song. Uh, I just 
we were doing these band rehearsals and the youth group would come and kind of, we'd all just, they'd watch us rehearse and we'd hang out together. And, uh, it was part of our way of trying to sew into the next generation. And they, I, the band guys were like, come on, man, don't, don't you have any new songs? I, I know you're writing songs. And I was like, well, I have one, but I really don't like it. And they were like, come on, what's it going to hurt? Just do it. So we ran through it in that rehearsal. We ran through that song, and then I was just embarrassed about it. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do it ever again. But the youth group guys started leading it at youth group and then forced me on a Sunday morning, like, you, you have to do that song. Come on, come on. And they for weeks, they'd just be like, do that song. So finally, one day, I relented and was like, all right, we'll do it this morning. And so I, I led it on that Sunday morning, and the sound guy recorded it and put it onto our church MySpace site. That shows you how long ago it was, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm old enough to have a 14-year-old. <laughs> um, and and uh, the, these friends of mine out in California, who were also my MySpace friends, uh, heard the song and were like, can we record it? And then, then it, it took off on its own. And I was like, well, I guess, I guess I have to lead it now too. <laughs> people know it now. So. Yeah, people know it now. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I, if it hadn't have been for that, like real, and that song opened up so many other doors for songwriting. I don't know if I'd be doing what I was doing if it wasn't for just the grace of God and that little, like, random things that happened in a row. Wow, it's, yeah, worked out great for everybody. Yeah, that's for sure. We had a great song to sing. So, listeners, you know now, this is episode four. Um, we like to, with all of our guests, we like to ask them what we call the Frank Five. And so, Chris, we're going to ask you five questions. And I have to be Frank. And you have to be Frank. 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 You have to be, like, just we're just asking for transparency and honesty. You okay, know? yeah. Like, when, when Mr. Worship Leader Brom shared, um, he shared that there's a certain hair product that he loves Ooh. that no longer exists. Ooh. It's a and, bad deal. Yep. And he spent... Lots and lots of Mrs. Worship Leader Problems money buying it and stockpiling on it eBay. Wow. on eBay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't like it. You know, <laughs> like I'll admit, in the last week, I have probably watched You Got Mail five times. Wow. In the last week? In the last week. Nice. Hey, what was the Hallmark <laughs> thing that you mentioned? Yeah. So I, I'm a pretty open guy, but I admit yeah. it too. Um, I've watched When Calls the Heart. By myself, without when, my wife in the room. Wind calls the heart. <laughs> it's on Hallmark, and it's <laughs> a Hallmark with a cat in his lap. With a cat, yeah, nice, absolutely. It was a nice Sunday afternoon. So, but yeah, so we call this the Frank Five. And so, can you share a little bit, Chris? Like, what was your journey to where you are now? Like, did God call you like at the beginning full time vocational ministry, and then it transitioned into what you're doing now? Or is this one of the Frank Five? It is. Yeah. Oh, this cool. is number one. Number, number one. one. I was like expecting real quick questions. I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh no, I have to be so frank. It's gonna be quick. <laughs> but no, that's a serious question. Um, I so I started singing when I was real little, uh, and just I love to sing. And when I was about fourteen, the there was this. Um, and I, I mean, I barely played piano. I like taught myself to play piano, 
And when I was 14, we were at this home group for the youth ministry at my church, and they were like, hey, does anybody here know how to lead worship? And I was like, it's not that. It doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> like, I mean, what 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 is involved? Like, yeah. And so I was like, oh, I know how to lead worship. And they were like, you're the worship leader. So, and it was a small group, and I just played piano and uh, and figured out the chords and uh, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, then that just became uh, like, well, why don't you sing BGVs with uh, with the youth group worship leader? And then he let and the, I was it was a big church in Nashville, so our youth group was like four hundred people. It was like a, okay, it was like Huge. a church, like a like a meeting, like a church, church. Yeah. church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um. And when I was like 16 or 17, the uh, guy that was leading the youth group worship left, and I it was I was in charge now. So uh, somewhere in there, I bought a guitar though because well, it was I wasn't the best looking kid in school, so I needed the gimmick. <laughs> so I and you can't carry a piano in your trunk. Tough, uh, very tough yeah, to do. It, very well, you could. You need a big trunk. That's uh, <laughs> like uh, that 78. Um, I learned how to drive, how to drive in a 78 Lincoln Town Ooh, car. Nice. That might yeah, be maybe could have fit one in there. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I bought a guitar and just learned a few chords and strummed every time I sang a word like, <laughs> Lord, I lift your name on high. Uh, but it worked. And yeah. uh, then uh, somehow I got to where I was leading worship for this youth group. And then... Uh, I kind of went on a journey trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, I had all grew up in Nashville. So part of me wanted to be famous musician. So I go down to mobile trying to get a record deal with integrity music, which they used to be down there. And, um, and on the way home, I kind of had this realization that like, I don't think I want to do this. And it sounds cool, cooler to talk about, but I was about 18 and, Everyone was figuring out what they were going to do with their lives. And I was on the way home thinking, I I don't know what benefit that is. <laughs> like, just make music. I want to do something real and uh, wanted to maybe get into mission work. And um, when I got home, I um, ended up at this leading worship with a friend of mine at this inner city ministry. We were just using their building. It was with a band called Sonic Flood, yeah. uh, and they the lead singer uh, Jeff Dio was like, "Hey, I need a guitar player tonight." And so I showed up, and we played at this venue, which happened to be an inner city ministry. And then they came and did the pitch at the halfway point, and he they talked about that verse, you know, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. And it was then that it kind of hit me like that's what. That's what I want to do. That's real. Like pure and undefiled religion is to care for orphans and widows. That's right. Whatever we've done to the least of these we've done to him. And if I'm a worship leader, like if I'm going to sing songs that are like, I love you, Jesus, you know, then I have to do that thing. That thing is super important because if not, then I'm just saying words that mean nothing. Like, because if I'm not showing love to the least of these, then I'm kind of not showing love to God. Yeah. Wow. So I, 
uh, I'd love to say I sold everything I owned and moved there, but I didn't own anything. So, but I did move there, <laughs> and I lived there for three years and gave out food and clothing and wow. um, just uh, kind of fell in love with the least of these and um, with Jesus, uh, you know, all over again and. Honestly, laid down the idea of ever making music and CDs. And, wow! And I'm genuinely, I, it, I, I just it wasn't a drive, it wasn't a motivator. So I wasn't like I was like, oh, because before it was like, oh, I need to write songs and I need to, but I just was motivated by, I love seeing people worship and I met my wife at that inner city ministry. Wow. She was serving. She wasn't one of the people we were giving food and clothing <laughs> yeah. to. Um, she wasn't one of the homeless people. That's not she, what loving the least of these means. <laughs> not sure what that. I took it to the next level, guys. Right. Yeah, where's Raise your heart? Bar. Where's yeah. your heart? Yeah. <laughs> no, so I met her and we got married and we were going to take a break from ministry altogether for six months was the goal, and we were just going to figure out how to be married, and then we would um, we wanted to be missionaries in Brazil. And so we live in Fort Lauderdale and go back and forth to Brazil. That was the plan. We are going to plant a church with some friends down there. And uh, about three weeks after being married, uh, her the church she had grown up in was like, hey, um, well, they had actually just had Brian and Jen Johnson come through with Bill Johnson, uh, spoke at the church. And they called me and they were like, hey, can you come lead worship this Sunday? And I was like, well, I'm kind of on a break, but let me ask my wife. So I asked her and she's like, yeah, you should do it. So I led worship and then I, I we were so poor, I had sold my uh, nice guitar. So I had the dumb guitar. Yeah. And then eventually you buy the nice guitar. Well, I had to sell the nice one because we were poor. And the other guitar had a big hole in it from me playing it too hard. Um, so, uh, the, and it and people had known me uh, for a long time, the big hole in my guitar. And when I got a new guitar, they were like, finally, you got a new guitar. <laughs> but I, after selling it, um, it turns out the guy that bought it from me, air quotes, uh, actually he wrote a, a bad check. It, he just stole the guitar. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so I didn't have any money and I didn't have my nice guitar and I had to oh. lead worship at this church. So I get oh, there no. and immediately the pastor's like, hey, how come you're not bringing your nice guitar? And I was like, well, funny story, the it got, it got stolen. <laughs> or I guess technically maybe I gave it to the guy. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's definitely partly my fault. I should have never taken a check from a guy, but... Uh, he seemed nice enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, <man. laughs> I mean, for a criminal, he was pretty nice. <laughs> we, we hung out and talked for a while. <laughs> I kind of like that guy. I miss him. I should look him up. Um, <laughs> we uh, uh, So I led worship with my old guitar. And then at the end of worship, he, he opened up my guitar case and was like, guys, someone stole his guitar. We should buy him a new guitar. Wow. And I was like, wow. Um. And they, people just started coming forward and putting money in, and they gave me $6,000. Oh, my take. goodness. Yeah. 
And then they ask if I can lead worship the next week. <laughs> and you can't really say How no. How do you say no? <laughs> How do you say no? You're, you're in now. Yeah. So 10 years later is when I finally came <laughs> off staff at that church. <laughs> I was there for 10 years. And um, about halfway through that 10 years, I felt like God said, I want you to make a CD. But God sounds like me talking to myself. Does anyone else feel like that? All the time. Oh, God, so I was yes. like, God, is this you or is this me talking to me? Um, and I was like, God, if it's you, then provide the money. I don't want to go in debt over yeah. something stupid. And this is a true story. It gets, what I'm about to tell you is going to sound completely fake, but I promise you it's true. A guy emails me and says, God told me to give you money. What do you need money for? And I was like... <laughs> We need guitar strings and drum heads. And uh, honestly, I was just trying to be funny. I was going to say like, or you can buy me a car or something. But then I remembered that conversation I had with God. So it's like, or if you give me $15,000, I'll make a record. Like that's the punchline at the end of the email. Yeah. And he mails a check for $15,000. So I was like, I guess I'm making a a record. We need to get that email out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which record was that? So I, that was a record called Love Never Fails. And that that's why I started writing. I was like, well, I got to write songs for my church so that we can record them. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was such a crazy, like, I'd never made a record before. I knew one guy that had made a record, uh, like a close friend of mine, a guy named Anthony Skinner. And so I was like, dude. Uh, I have to make a record because God gave me a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> and so we dove into it. And you'd be surprised how quick you can blow through $15,000 oh, making man. a record. Yes. Absolutely. It's a real fast. Yes. And we did that. We we spent all the money. But I'm full of faith. Like, people are going to text me money any day. You know, I'm I'm fine. It's Everything's good. We're not stressing. But we had recorded everything, but we were stuck. We couldn't do anything with it. We needed about another fifteen grand to finish it. So I was like, oh, God, you know. So I had all these like, okay, maybe God wants to go ha- wants me to go halvesies with him. And maybe I'm supposed to like come up with the other 15. So I come up with this brilliant plan. I won't ask one guy to borrow 15 grand. I'll ask five guys to borrow three grand. Because then if it doesn't work, no one guy is going to be $15,000 worth of angry with me. <laughs> 3000 <laughs> so, is way better yeah. than 15. Oh, that's manageable. That's a brilliant plan, yeah. dude. That's I awesome. think it's good. So uh, the first guy I go to, I'm like, hey, um, I'm trying to finish this record. And I'm wondering, could I borrow... $3,000 and this is how I'll pay you back. And um, he's like, he's such a cool dude. He's a, like a father uh, heart and just was like, Chris, as a businessman, I've I found if you think you need three grand, you're probably going to need five. And I was like, well, I think I need 15, but I was just going to ask you for three. And he laughed and then pulled out his checkbook and wrote a check for 20 grand and just oh, gave it to him. Oh my God. I didn't have wow. to pay him back. Just. 20 grand to finish the record. So God forced me into making a record, uh, which felt, it, you know, in hindsight, it feels so safe when something like that happens because, it, you know, I've, I think in hindsight, looking back, there was always a promise over my life to make music. And, um, and I like, uh, Abraham, God was like, look at the stars. Your kids are going to outnumber the stars. Yeah. And, um, and yet he was super old, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and it, it almost seemed like, you know, this, this isn't going to happen. And so Abraham 
tries to help it happen. And in doing that, made an Ishmael. But when something like this happens, and Ishmael was always the enemy of Isaac, Mm -hmm. but when something like this happens, where I feel I feel like God kind of forced me into it, it feels super safe. Like, yeah, this is definitely not an Ishmael. This feels like an Isaac. Yeah, and uh, and so I like um, now I was in the music industry and that I'd made a record, but I didn't know any of the rules and all these people started asking me for, well, do you have a publishing deal? And I was like, I don't know (laughs) what's publishing. And, um, long story short, they, uh, I finally found this company. They, in the UK Kingsway music and they did all of the old, Matt Redman and Delirious and Tim Hughes and all that awesome stuff from England. They were the record company and they were uh, building schools and digging wells in Brazil. So I was like, these guys are awesome. I want to do that. I want want my money to do that thing. Yeah. So uh, I signed up with them. And then in, in the fine print of the contract for publishing contract, it said something like, and I, like I, would be responsible for making demos of the songs yeah. so that they could hear them. Yeah. But I now I know that I can do that on my phone with the voice memo thing. <laughs> That's right. But in my head, because uh, I didn't know any of the rules, I thought I had to, like, Get make in the a studio, demo, maybe. Like, make a real yeah. demo. <laughs> so I'm stressed out. Like, oh, God, I've written too many songs, and now I have to make demos of all of them. I don't know what I'm doing. I just made a record. But a friend of mine was making... A record, and she was like, "Oh, you can just borrow my uh, studio time because we'll be done halfway through the day. You can use the studio and the band." And um, and we had a mutual friend that was producing the record, so he was in on it to kind of help him to do it. And we knocked out like five songs in a day, like Whoa. just bam, 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 bam. Wow! And I turned them in because that's what I was supposed to do. I signed that. Yeah, I would do that. And uh, they were like, "These are awesome. Can we put these out? Like, can we make a record out of it?" And I was like, I don't see why not. <laughs> so they did. They put out a record called Introducing Chris McClarney. And uh, and then, so now, uh, God tricked me into making two CDs. <laughs> <laughs> and that that Introducing Chris McClarney record went to like number two on Christian's iTunes, Christian iTunes. And I don't know how. I, wow. Honestly, my mom must have just been furiously <laughs> opening iTunes accounts, just like, like, buy it, buy it. percent that would be my mom. Yeah. <laughs> we, I love her to death. We call her my smother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. Um, so it did really well. So they were like, hey, we have to make a full record out of this because Zoom really good. So I was like, well, I mean, I guess, sure. So I wrote more songs and we made a full record. Using those those first five songs, and then I forget how many more. So then we made a record called Defender out of all that. Mm-hmm. But then I was done. I was like, I'm done with this. I hate making studio records because it's so dry, and I just wanted to see people worship. So yeah. for four years, I just didn't do anything. And then that brings us to the last four years, which was um, I came off staff at a church, and... Um, just on an adventure to see what God had for our family. And um, the Jesus Culture guys, were we had been talking for a long time, like, we should make music. And it was finally like, hey, I'm not doing anything right now. Let's do this. Let's make music. So we made a live record. And um, 
which is what I had always wanted to do from the beginning Yeah, and just didn't know how to do it. So it was like an eight year process of getting there. Yeah. But, uh, finally made that record. And, um, then we had so much fun. They just started letting me tour with them all the time. And then, I've, I've always wondered, is that like, I've, how do you become, is it a tryout process or is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. or is it like, uh, it's like American Idol. Uh, so <laughs> Kim is definitely the Simon Cowell of the group. Right. Um, Chris Kilala is the, is the Paula Abdul. He's so nice. Um, <laughs> um no, they're so. Uh, <clears throat> it was. It just kind of happened. We, we'd been. It was all relational with them. Everything yeah. was relational, and we had been making music together. Uh, like I'd gone out there about every year and a half and led worship with them, and yeah. then finally it was like, all right, well let's let's make a record. So it was very relational, and again, it felt safe. Like God yeah. was on it, and um, no one was trying to force anything to happen, and. Uh, so we made that decision and then I wrote like a madman for like three months and just tried to write every day I'd go into, um, Capitol records in Nashville and just sit down behind the piano and plink away all day. And so I wrote that whole record in like three months and then we recorded it and it was crazy. And then, uh, I was like, uh, I just I want to go back to leading worship. And yeah, I don't want to record anymore for a while. So for two years we took a break, and then I guess about a year ago we dove back into it. And I I took a whole year this time to write the record, and I wrote over fifty songs. Goodness. And then we took the best like twenty two or so, wow. and then uh, we demoed like fourteen of them and rehearsed fourteen or rehearsed thirteen of them. Yeah, and then. Uh, on the night of, we recorded 12, and then we cut two. So the record is Golly. only 10. Golly. So for the, who makes the final decisions on what goes on the album, what doesn't? Is that you? Is that a producer? I think it's a, I mean, it's definitely a group thing where uh, you've got the producer, Jeremy Edwardson, who produces everybody. He's the Jesus Culture guy. He's been doing it for forever. And wow. um, Then you've got the label guys the A&R guys that work for capital that mm-hmm. are like you know from our expertise we we know that this this song will work and um and you just got to trust everybody in the process yeah. and then there you know there was a couple there was one song that I really I thought would work and nobody else liked and I just was like I'm gonna do it so deal with it <laughs> and everybody's cool with that which it's song like, was that well I don't know if it really turned out great but it's it's uh it says the name of Jesus will be my fortress. Uh, no power on earth could ever stand against it. Fear no evil. It was just like this feels so churchy to me, but it, it's not cool. So they're like, uh, a lot of times it, when you're dealing with record labels, it, if it doesn't sound cool, then it's like, well, no. But. Which is funny though, because that was the first song that I put in our pre-service playlist at our church. Nice. <laughs> I like that. That's amazing. Let's go. Um, so yeah, that's that's the just to be frank. That was <laughs> the uh, that was the short version of how I got here. Let's go. I love it. And now here we are. Be looking and for here part we two. With the- <laughs> yeah, that was a great podcast, guys. <laughs> Tune in next week. Okay, so here's here's question number two right. of the Frank Five. Do you have any guilty pleasures? 
that you're willing to tell Ooh, us about? I mean, everybody has guilty pleasures. Uh, I mean, I don't watch Hallmark movies by myself. <laughs> Not that kind of crazy. Wuss. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll say this. Try it. I'll, I mean, what, what, when calls the heart specifically? Did you cry? Oh, I've cried multiple times. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to put any spoilers out there for my worship and production leader friends, but I have cried. The, it's the holding a cat that seems out of place, because <laughs> that's like that's like something the evil villain does. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just, Were you petting? Yeah, it? I can't. My wife, I love her to death. She's a cat lady, and she's got three cats. And <laughs> they they where they decide to lay. That's you know where they. Yeah, I like it. Uh, speaking of Hallmark movies, this is a little known fact, okay. and I bet people that even know my song would not know that this exists. There is a movie made for Hallmark called Your Love Never Fails. And in the middle of it is me singing Your what? Love Never Fails at the peak of the movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll be Let's looking go. for that one, won't we, Lord? Absolutely. Uh, on Hallmark Channel, okay. they rename it, and it's called A Valentine's date a valentine's date i think okay i don't know why but you can look it up and it stars viper from top gun <laughs> yes he's in it <laughs> that's awesome and why are you guys giving me a hard time i mean <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wanting to try this out listeners if you want to go watch hallmark movies by yourself grab a cat rent your love never fails <laughs> i highly recommend the cat i mean and if it's a rainy day outside i'm just saying oh, get the tissues and cuddle up but I feel like he's avoiding the question of guilty no, I'm pleasure. I'm not avoiding guilty the question. Pleasures. I like guilty pleasures. Um, gosh, uh, you guys are pointing at each other. Oh, well, we're just communicating. Crib notes. Uh, notes. Yeah, I um, let's see. I, gosh, I mean, I know I do stupid things. Or even just how about like a little known fact about Chris McClarney? Yeah. I just gave you a really a great window one. in. Yeah. You're um, on the Hallmark. He like, watches I'm the talking, Hallmark and you're on the Hallmark. Yeah. Like, it personally, like, intricacy of, like, yeah, like, you know, like, um, my wife, um, she 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 has to have lines always going the, the same way. So Ooh. we both had back injuries this, this last summer and we were doing physical therapy together. And when she would get the exercise ball to do these one, it had to be pointing. It, she couldn't do it if it was any other way other than that. So even like that, like. I rarely sing without an Altoid in my mouth. I love Altoids. Really? There you yeah. Go. And we have stacks of them. And uh, like in my coat on the bus right now are two tens of Altoids. Regular flavor, like the original? Regular. Yeah, just curiously strong. <laughs> so strong. I can't figure out how how they're that strong. It's they so curious. So Is that the key to all the riffs that you do? Oh, yeah. That's it. That's no, where the soul I, comes from. I think, uh, and I've, I've had to get the both these teeth replace the very back ones uh, because I'll just stick it back in there and it just stays in between my cheek and my tooth while I sing. And I feel like it drips like pepperminty goodness while I'm yeah, singing. Right, right. So yeah. Your breath is like freakishly fresh. So right fresh. So fresh. Your mic Curiously smells so fresh. good at the yes. end of the night. It, it's, it's wonderful. No lung butter on your mic. I I mean. Also, so that's what I put on my left cheek. Okay. On the right cheek is usually a guitar pick. And, Inside your mouth. Yeah, so I'll and do you it can when sing I sing with all that in there. Yeah, Here, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to prove it to the listeners. I'm going to do the next few minutes with the pick in my mouth, <laughs> and you'll have no idea because it just in lives the... in the back. Wow! So just in case you need one. Well, like if I'm finger picking, then I'll just be, and then when it's time to strum, it's like get it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did that right in the mic so they could hear That's it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate nice. that. Just close your eyes. You'll you'll see. I'm glad, wow. I'm glad I brought the condenser mic for you so we can yeah, really exactly. pick that up. And by the way, this is a really nice mic. Oh, thanks, man. This is what Chris Q sings on. Wow. You yeah. can borrow it tonight if you want. No. Because I want to keep it. This is why I sing on at church. Oh, really? At home. Nice. Yeah. Code for, name for, Paula. Chris yeah. Paula. For Paula. our for our production guys that yeah. are wondering now, it's a Neumann KSM 105, I think. Yeah. Yep. So, but you have the KMS 105. KMS nine. Nine. Is what we're KMS nine. Mr. Worship Probs and I are talking. I'm completely lost. It's cool. You're, you're a worship right. leader. You don't need to know. KSM. <laughs> we just he make knows, you sound good. Right? Yep. Okay. So. <laughs> You've been doing this a long time, Chris. Yeah. Legit. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened while you've been leading worship? While I've been leading worship? There's been so many crazy things that have happened. I Because keep in mind, I le- I've led worship. I grew up Southern Baptist, but uh, the Jesus culture crowd is de- definitively charismatic. Yeah. So I, we, we've led worship at some crazy places where people are doing crazy things that come real close to hitting you like with flags and um uh but i'm trying to think of the craziest thing that's ever happened i mean none of that's particularly over the top have Uh, you ever accidentally swallowed a pick no uh but people are real real scared that that's gonna happen i've gotten lots of because there's a lot of picks pictures of me that was confusing a lot of pics a lot of pics, pics of pics pictures of pics me with pics. the pick in my mouth singing and you can see it my mouth is open and you just see a pick yeah. in the back and people are worried like you can't do that but i think i'm good at it maybe a sponsorship opportunity yeah that's it is hey that's very true <clears throat> just I, get little worship prob pics and then <laughs> done. It is. done. I can just see it later tonight. He's like, my champion's not dead. <laughs> and tonight might be the night. I will say, because the most embarrassing thing that's happened, unless that's another Frank Five. No. Uh, it's similar thing, most embarrassing thing. This is a horrible story. You're you're gonna have to erase it. I so So which use, means it's solid gold. <laughs> we use in ear monitors. Yeah. Uh and so you once you put them in, I mean, whatever you hear is what what exists in yeah. real life to your mind. Yeah. And um, I was feeling particularly gassy that day, <laughs> <laughs> and we had and we were in sound check and just it was rocking. My ears were rocking. There were drums. There were tracks. The all the instruments were playing. And so I thought, what's the harm? <laughs> so I just. Let one rip. <laughs> at which point, all of the all of the crew guys, I just noticed at one time, all their heads turn and look at me, <laughs> and I go and I pull my ear out, only to realize it's completely silent in the room. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's completely silent. <laughs> there I am. There I am, just beat red. <laughs> like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> That's fantastic. You just have to shrug it off. That's right. Yeah. That and that, awesome. my friends, any fellow interviewers that are coming on, that's how you do the Frank. Right. That is it. That is it. Okay. So just next, to be frank. Is there is there anything you can't live without? Like, is it a? Well, dude, that was a, that was a good time with Chris, wasn't it? Man? It was so good, so good. And and the concert, man. I will. I'll say this to you. I that had to be if not the best, one of one of the best 
uh, concert audio experiences I have ever had in my life. It was, it was ridiculous. So clean, man. And it was balanced and it wasn't unbelievably loud. It just was, it was killer, man. It was, I think for my, for my, for my production peeps out there, if I remember right, it was Yamaha PM7 or PM10. I think it was PM7 in front of house and uh, DNBPA. And it was, it was fantastic. So, well, hey, thank you so much for listening to episode four. Um, if you want to hear part two of the interview with Chris McClarney, that'll come up next week. Um, and so, again, we're just so thankful for you, our listeners. Hey, don't forget, when these podcasts come out, when you tell your friends, make sure you tell them to like, to subscribe, to download. All of those things will help uh, get this podcast in front of more people um, so that um, you know we can just see this, uh, this idea and this dream that God's given us to pour into worshiping tech guys to just keep going forth. And so, Mr. Probs, where can they find us on social media? So Instagram is the main hub. Worship Leader Probs, P-R-O-B-S. Uh, we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash worship leader probs. And on Twitter, we are at, uh, I've told you before, some guy has our name on Twitter. If you know who he is, tell him we'd love to talk to him. But on Twitter, it's W-R-S-H-P-L-B-R-P-R-B-S. So just always look for the, uh, the logo, the Worship Leader Probs logo. That's right. Well, hey, thanks again for listening. And until next time, see ya. Deuces.